What is good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast, man. Back at it again today, Thursday, July 11th. Hope all you guys have had a great week so far. Hope all you guys have been striving to achieve and accomplish all your goals. Hope all you guys are just continuing to work hard, man, and just get this week over with and continue to do what you got to do. With that being said, I want to come at you guys today and do my projections for next year's playoff seedings going into the next NBA season. So, let's get right into it. Looking back at last season's playoff uh, standings in the Eastern Conference, we'll start with the East. Last year, the Milwaukee Bucks had the best record in the entire NBA with a record of 60-22. and 22. Then followed by them at the number two seed were the Toronto Raptors with a record of 58-24. and 24. Following the Raptors, the Philadelphia 76ers were the three seed with a record of 51-31. and 31. Then you had the Boston Celtics as the four seed with a record of 49 and 33. Then the Indiana Pacers followed them with at the fifth seed with a record of 48 and 34. The Brooklyn Nets followed them with at the number six seed with a record of 42 and 40. The Orlando Magic at number seven also had the same record as the Brooklyn Nets with a record of 42 and 40. And then the Detroit Pistons barely squeezed into the playoffs with the eighth seed with the overall record of 500 at 41 and 41. So. My projections for next year's eight, eight uh, top eight teams, excuse me, in the East are kind of different than what it was this past season. Not too different, but just a tad bit different. Um, so let's get right into it. Um, number eight, I got the Toronto Raptors. Yes, they lose their best player, the Finals MVP, Kawhi Leonard. Yes, they lose Danny Green, but they still return. A majority of their nucleus and core that they've been had for a few years now with Kyle Lowry obviously who always plays good in the regular season is definitely a reason why he's on the all-star team year in and year out you got Pascal Siakam still you still got OG Ananobi who should be returning from injury by the time the season starts you got um Fred Van Fleet excuse me you got Serge Ibaka's returning you got Marcus Saw. so the Raptors no are they better than last year clearly not but because they're in the Eastern Conference, I definitely give them a shot to make the Eastern Conference playoffs. If they were in the West, I'm not going to lie to you guys. They would have zero shot, if you ask me, to make it into the playoffs. But because they're in the East, and the East is definitely slightly a bit weaker than the West, I got the Toronto Raptors squeezing into the playoffs to make that eighth seed. Following them, above them, at the seventh seed, I got the Orlando Magic. Now look, the Magic... We're in the playoffs last year at the seventh seed, as I stated previously, with a record of 42 and 40. This year, or this next season, excuse me, I expect them to have a few more wins than that. I expect them to be somewhere around the 46 to you know 49 type wins, almost 50 wins. I think they are that good. They're gonna return literally their entire squad. Um, they're gonna have a whole bunch of good players. They they return Ken Burke, who was a pretty solid play, piece for them this past season. They resigned him. They resigned their best player, seven foot Nikola Vucevic to a four-year, $100 million deal. They got Mo Bamba, who should be healthy this next season. He dealt with a lot of injuries, but he should be fine. I believe they're going to return DJ Augustine. I know for um, a fact they re-signed Terrence Ross, who was a very good piece for them. And the Magic, overall, they, they're not really... They don't have a lot of stars on their team, but they have a lot of good pieces that know how to win basketball games and a lot of p players and pieces that are veteran players in the league. So they should be fine. Like I said, they went in and played Toronto. They gave them, I believe they lost in five games, but they still gave Toronto their best effort. So I believe the Magic will make a big change coming into next season and get back, and Steve Clifford will lead his team 
back into the playoffs down in Orlando. Moving on, at number six, I got my Miami Heat. And yes, I say my Miami Heat because I'm a Jimmy Butler fan. I go where Jimmy Butler goes. And so, Pat Riley and Eric Spolster have built a very interesting team down in Miami. They have a lot of salary cap situations that they need to fix. And this is honestly without them getting Russell Westbrook. It's looking like they're going to get Russell Westbrook, but I'm going to still just keep them at the sixth seed. And, you know, the Heat are interesting because, yes, they have a killer and one of the most clutch players in the league by getting Jimmy Butler and signing him to a max contract. You also have some very good young pieces in Tyler Hero, who's going to be a rookie. He's dominating in the summer league. You got Bam Adebayo, who's one of the up-and-coming young big mans in the league, 6'10", shot blocker, rim runner, dunker, does a little bit of everything at his size. You have some other pieces. You have Deion Waiters, who, when he's healthy, is a very good player, but he always seems to be a little bit injury-prone, so we never know with Deion. Um, Goran Dragic, who was coming off a very one of his worst years last season, I think you know he might not end up being on the roster, but like I said, this is if they don't get Russell Westbrook. If they do get Russell Westbrook, I might have to move him up a, a few spots, but for now, I'm just keeping him at the sixth seed. But I do like what Miami's doing. Even though they don't really have their entire core set up right now, Kendrick Nunn is also a good piece who's playing on their summer league team. I actually watched him when he was in college, played for the University of Illinois. Then he transferred to the University of Oakland uh, up in Michigan and had a really successful career there. Um, and he's going to be a really good player for the Miami Heat. So I got the Heat at six. Moving on, I got the Brooklyn Nets at number five. Now, if KD were healthy, I would easily have Brooklyn as a much higher seed. But obviously, we're probably not going to see Kevin Durant next season in the 2019-2020 NBA season. So the Nets are going to be a little bit farther down. But they still have a really good squad without KD, which sounds crazy, but they do. Last year, as I previously stated, they made the playoffs with a record of 42-40. and 40. I expect that to their win totals to uh, just go up a tad bit. I say they win about somewhere near 48 to 50 games. I think they're that good. I think they're that talented. I think when you add a all-star caliber player like Kyrie Irving, who I think personally is the best point guard in the league, I think that does a lot for your team. And then you put them with the pieces that the Nets already have. They got a great coach in Kenny Atkinson who really knows what he's doing. You got a young and up-and-coming big man, one of the best shot blockers in the league in Jared Allen. You got one of the best bench players or six-man players in the league in Spencer Dinwiddie. You lose D'Angelo Russell to the Golden State Warriors with the sign-and-trade deal with Kevin Durant. But you still got Joe Harris, who won the three-point competition this past season. You have Karis LeVert, who's a rising star in his own right. And the Nets just have a really good core. And I think Kyrie's going to love playing with this team a lot more than he did while he was playing up in Boston. So I like the Nets, honestly. Even without Kevin Durant, I think they can make some noise in the playoffs. So that's the Brooklyn Nets at number five. At number four, I have the Indiana Pacers, the Indianapolis Pacers. Um, the Pacers are an interesting team. They do, I will say they do get a little bit worse, but they did add some pieces that are definitely intriguing. You get Malcolm Brogdon, who was a very vital piece for the Milwaukee Bucks this past season. Brogdon is a really good two-way player. I think he's going to compliment Victor Oladipo very good. Oladipo, on the other hand, I don't think he's going to be ready to come back. Or he might. I think it's people saying that he should be healthy by the time the season starts. But if he's not, I'd say it'll, it'll take him a couple months, probably to like December, January-ish of next season before he comes back. But the paces are good. They still have Miles Turner, who's very good. One of the, you know, he hasn't really 
showcase his full potential yet, and I think he's only getting better. They just have a really lot of good pieces in Indiana, and so I think, you know, give a lot of credit to Coach Nate McMillan. He's done a fantastic job. He's one of the best coaches in the league. He honestly had a case to make and earn the Coach of the Year award this past season, but he didn't get it. But, like I said, he definitely had the right case, and I think he's one of the best coaches in the league. And so the Pacers are who I have at the fourth seed. Moving on. In the East, at the number three seed, I have the Boston Celtics. Yes, the Celtics lose Kyrie Irving. Yes, they lose Al Horford. Last year, they were a fourth seed in the East with a record of 49-33. and 33. But I think they still have, obvious, or not obviously, but they still have majority of their team. You still got Jalen Brown. You got Jason Tatum, who are becoming all-stars in their own right. You got Gordon Hayward, who is a year fully away and fully recovered from that nasty injury that he suffered uh, last season or the season before last you have um, Marcus Smart who's one of the best two-way players in the league also and then you add an all-star caliber point guard like Kemba Walker who isn't as good as Kyrie Irving but I think Kemba's play style which is similar to Kyrie's I think it's gonna gel in a little bit better than what Kyrie wanted to do because I think Kyrie is at his best when he's being a scorer I think the Celtics did not need Kyrie Irving to be a scorer. They needed him to be a facilitator because they have so many pieces on the wings and then on the block when they had Al Horford. But Kemba, all he has to do is really come in there and compliment them. Like Kemba, yes, can score whenever he wants to. He's literally a, a walking bucket. He can go and drop 50 a night if he wanted to. But he also has a very good court vision and court awareness that the Celtics could really use. Not saying Kyrie doesn't know how to pass, because he definitely knows how to, but like I said, Kyrie is at his best when he is a scorer. Teams need Kyrie Irving to be a scorer, and that's why I think he's going to fit in nice with the Brooklyn Nets. But sticking with the Celtics, Kemba, yes, is a very good piece. They do lose Terry Rozier, and I honestly think the biggest loss for the Celtics is losing Al Horford, because now they signed Ennis Cantor, who is a solid piece. Ennis Cantor is a really good piece. But he's not Al Horford. Al Horford is a really do-it-all, stretch forward, can shoot it, pass. He's a veteran. He's a leader. He knows what it takes to win. And so, you know, the Celtics lost a lot. But I think they're going to be okay for next season. So that's the Celtics at the number three seed. At the number two seed, we have the Philadelphia 76ers. Last season, they were the number three seed with a record of 51-31. and 31. They lose Jimmy Butler to the Miami Heat. They lose um, J.J. Redick who was the, one of their best shooters, probably, he, I think he was their best shooter, to the Pelicans. And so they get Josh Richardson, who was included in the signing trade deal with Jimmy Butler from the Heat, who was a very good two-way player up and coming in his own right. You get Al Horford, who was honestly the best player in the league that could guard Joel Embiid. Nobody could really contain or guard Joel Embiid except Al Horford. And now that he's on the Philadelphia 76ers roster, it really changes a lot for Joel Embiid to really dominate and kill. The big questions for the 76ers, though, is will Ben Simmons expand his jumper or attempt jumper, shall I say, at least a floater or something? He doesn't have to shoot threes necessarily. Just be a threat to shoot the ball. Be an offensive threat. Make teams want to guard you or have to guard you. And then the second big question, can Joel Embiid lose about 10 to 15 pounds and stay in season shape for an entire season or in game shape for an entire season? Because honestly, he was still killing out of shape but if you give him some time to shred some fat and put on some muscle Joel Embiid will be so dominant that the Sixers can honestly run the table in the east if Joel Embiid puts his mind to it but that's a big if because 
as I know, like we all said, Ben Simmons should have been had a jumper by now. I think he's going on to his fourth season in the league, and he still doesn't have a jumper. I don't know what the player development is like in Philadelphia because, like I said, they did a bad job with Markel Fultz. So it's going to be interesting to see. But the Sixers are still very good. Um, I'm just curious to see what their bench is going to be like. They lose TJ McConnell, who was a pretty solid piece. They return Mike Scott, who was a good piece for them too. So the Sixers are going to be interesting. So that's my Philadelphia 76ers at the number two seed going into next season. Number one, I got the Milwaukee Bucks staying right where they were last season. Like I said, they had a record of 60 and 22. I think it's destined for them to go back to that number one seed. And the only reason I really have them as a number one seed, I honestly think the Sixers are a better team. But the only reason I have the Bucks as the number one seed going into next season is because they don't really do load management and they don't really take off games. They play hard throughout the entire season. They really love to just get after it. And so you can't blame them for that. And I think, you know, Giannis coming off an MVP season, losing in the Eastern Conference Finals to the Raptors, I think he's more motivated than ever to prove that he can get to the finals. And I think the Milwaukee Bucks are going to take a significant step. Even though, like I said earlier, they lost, they lost Malcolm Brogdon. They lose, uh, or no, they, yeah, they only lose Malcolm Brogdon. But they got, or they also lose Nikola Mirotic, who is going to play in Spain, I believe, or somewhere in Europe. So that's another loss too. But they return Chris Middleton to a max contract. They still have Brooke Lopez. They signed Robin Lopez. And so the Bucks, they should be just fine. But I still think the East is going to be going through Philadelphia. I think the Sixers have the best team. It's all up to what Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons put their minds to. So that is my projections for the Eastern Conference next season going into the playoffs. So let's go to the West. The West was much more difficult because not at the top, not necessarily at the top, which was kind of difficult too, but at the bottom of the West, it's a lot of good teams that could make the playoffs. And it's going to be some teams that could make the playoffs, but didn't. And some other teams are going to get in. And it's just a lot of tough competition in the West. And we all know that the West is really a loaded conference, especially now more than ever. So let's just get right to it. Last year in the West, the Warriors were the number one seed with the record of 57 and 25. Following them at the two seed were the Denver Nuggets with the record of 54 and 28. At number three, you had the Portland Trailblazers with the record of 53 and 29. At number four, the Rockets had the same record as the Portland Trailblazers, also with the record of 53 and 29. Then at number five, you had the Utah Jazz with the record of 50 and 32. At number six, you have the Oklahoma City Thunder at 49 and 33. At number seven, you had the San Antonio Spurs with the record of 48 and 34. And then at number eight, you had the Los Angeles Clippers who made a really good run in the first round, almost upsetting the Warriors with a record of 48 and 34. Now, let's just get right to it. Not even going into the rankings first, but what teams out of those first eight teams that I just named that made the playoffs last season, it's got to be some team that falls out. So I can automatically say that the Thunder are going to fall out because they're going to lose Russell Westbrook any day now. They already lost Paul George to the Los Angeles Clippers. So it's just a matter of time. So. My rankings in the West. Let's just start from the AC, just like I did in the East. At number eight, this was difficult, but I think I'm going to stick with this pick. And the only reason this pick was difficult was because you can never count out the San Antonio Spurs. Coach Pop, to me, is the greatest coach of all time. Even last year, a lot of people were saying that the Spurs were not going to make the playoffs, and they did. They made it as a seventh seed, and they shocked the world. But I think it's the year that they finally missed the playoffs. And I think it's been like two decades straight where they made the playoffs. I think next year is finally the year that Coach Pop does not make the playoffs. And still, 
it's still a great chance that they do. So do not sleep on Coach Pop. But with the eighth seed, I have the New Orleans Pelicans. I, like a lot of people in the NBA world, love the New Orleans Pelicans. They have so many good pieces from Drew Holiday to Lonzo Ball to Brandon Ingram to Josh Hart to Zion Williamson, who needs to shred some weight and get into season shape. But I think he will. I think he just got to stay off the gumbo and all that stuff. And they have a, real, a lot of good pieces. They also got they also drafted um, Jackson Hayes out of Texas, who's a really good forward who can really complement uh, Zion a lot in the post. They also drafted Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who's a really tough guard out of Virginia Tech. So the Pelicans are looking really good for the future, but I also think that they're going to contend, not necessarily be, or not, contend is not the right word, but they're going to be a threat every night you face them. It's not going to be a cakewalk when you play the New Orleans Pelicans. So I, that's who I have at the eighth seed is the New Orleans Pelicans. And also, I talked about the Spurs not making the playoffs. Another good team that I don't have making the playoffs that probably could make the playoffs and will definitely be in the running to make the playoffs is the Sacramento Kings. They got they got De'Aaron Fox. They re-signed Harrison Barnes, who's a pretty good piece for them. They got Marvin Bagley. They lose Willie Cauley-Stein, but they have some other good pieces up in Sacramento. But I do not have the Kings making the playoffs. But they do have a really solid core up in Sacramento. And Luke Walton is probably the best coach for that job. So I do not have them making the playoffs, though. So moving on to the seventh seed, I have the Portland Trailblazers. The Trailblazers last season were a three seed. They went 53 and 29. I think they're going to take a drop just because so many teams in the West got better. And Portland did add a couple good pieces. They got Hassan Whiteside, who should, he didn't live up to expectations in Miami. He played pretty solid for a couple seasons, but I think Dame and CJ McCollum are going to get the best out of Hassan Whiteside. They drafted a really good rookie in um, Nazir Little out of North Carolina. They got Anthony Simons, who was a really good uh, player who went straight from high school to the NBA, did not go to college. They got, um, who else did they add? I feel like they're missing somebody. They're going to get um, Yusuf Nurkic back off that nasty leg injury that he suffered last season before, um, before the playoffs came. And the Trailblazers just got slightly better. They lose Myers Leonard, who was also a good piece for him, and they lose Seth Curry. And so that's why I think they're going to take a, a slight step back, but not too dramatically. So I have them as my seventh seed. I think the Blazers are in... Not going to contend, but just like the Pelicans, they're going to be another team that is not going to be easy to beat them. So that's my seven-seeded Portland Trailblazers. At number six, I have the Golden State Warriors. And a lot of people are saying, don't sleep on the Warriors. They still have their main nucleus of Steph, Draymond, and Klay Thompson. But, again, I'll say it. So many teams in the West got better, and the Warriors didn't necessarily get better to me. They took a big drop. Obviously, they lose Kevin Durant. They're going to um, – who else did they lose? I feel like they lose – oh, they lose Andre Iguodala, who's another good piece for them. They look, they're they waving or trading Sean Livingston, who was always a good piece for them throughout these championship seasons that they've had. Then they add Willie Cauley-Stein. They lose Quinn Cook also. They lose DeMarcus Cousins also. So – and then you got to think about it. They're going to – um, excuse me. They're gonna. They're not. They're not gonna have Clay Thompson for a little bit over half the season. They do get D'Angelo Russell, who I think a lot of people are saying he's not gonna be able to fit in well with their system. But I think D'Angelo Russell is honestly one of the perfect players for that system because he's a he's a pass first point guard. He can shoot it. He can score. I think it's honestly no reason for him not to succeed in that offense. They run a lot, a lot of motion. They don't run a lot of on ball screens, and they don't really run a lot of situations for isolation. But it's a lot of movement. It's a lot of motion. I think D'Angelo Russell should thrive in it. But I do not see D'Angelo Russell playing for the Warriors 
past this next season. I think he's really just a rental for Clay Thompson being out with the ACL injury. We hope Clay gets you know speedy recovery, quick recovery with that. But I think with the Warriors signing um, D'Angelo Russell to a max contract, which is worth four years, $117 million, I think they're just going to sign him for this season, like I said, and then eventually trade him to get some more assets to build around Steph, Clay, and Draymond. So, um, but like I said, they're, they're not going to have Clay for more than half the season. They'll still have Steph and Draymond. So I think Steph and Draymond will be able to carry the low for majority of the season while in Clay's absence. So I think the Warriors will, will be fine, but they're just going to take a drop a tad bit. So that's the Warriors at my sixth seed. So moving on, moving up at the fifth seed, we got the Houston Rockets. We all know the Rockets. They pretty much stayed the same. They didn't change anywhere. They still have James Harden, who can go for 60 any night. They still have Chris Paul. They still got Clint Capella. They still got Gerald Green, P.J. Tucker, Eric Gordon. They have the same pieces and still got Mike D'Antoni, who I don't like, who I think has no chance of winning a ring with the type of offense that he runs, just shooting threes and barely playing defense. But we all know that the Houston Rockets are really good in the regular season. Their style of play is built to win in the regular season. But when the playoffs come, it's an entire different story. So with them in the regular season, we all know James Harden is one of the most unguardable players the league has ever seen. He can go off, like I said, for 60 at any night, any time. And so I think the Rockets are going to be just fine at that fifth seed. So that's the Houston Rockets as my fifth seed. Moving up again to my number four seed is where it kind of got tricky, where a lot of people had some debate. But I think I'm fine with what I have. I have the Utah Jazz. Now, obviously, the Utah Jazz are one of the more improved teams in the West. Last season, they were the fifth seed at 50 and 32, which is very impressive. That's a really good record. I think they honestly might win somewhere around 50 to 55 wins. I think it's going to, it's going to somehow be a little bit of the same record, but they might have a couple more wins. But so let's go. Let's see what they lost. They lose Derek Favors, who's a really good piece for them at the four man. They lose Jay Crowder, who's also another good piece for them off the bench. They lose um, their starting point guard, Ricky Rubio, who was kind of holding them back in a sense. We'll talk about that in a second. And they bring in Boyan Bogdanovich from the Indiana Pacers, who was a 20-point scorer after Victor Oladipo went down with his injury. So they bring him in. And that was their biggest problem. The Indiana Pacers just really didn't have enough offense. They had a really good defense, and they still have a really good defense with Rudy Gobert sitting in the paint, waiting to block shots and guard guards and all that, but they just never had enough offense. And every year, these past two seasons, they ran into the Houston Rockets, and the Rockets, all they did was simply outscore them. And obviously, that's all you have to do to win a basketball game, but they needed some more firepower. And the only firepower that they really had was Donovan Mitchell and slightly Joe Ingles. And now you had a, a 20 points per game score in Boyan Bogdanovich, who you don't even really need to drop 20 points a game. You just need him to drop about somewhere around 14 to 16 points. If you can get that from him, if you can get that from out of him, you know, consistently every night, then the Utah Jazz are a legitimate contender. And then you add, not only do you go from a pass first point guard who doesn't even look to score, kind of like Ben Simmons and Ricky Rubio, you had a legit point guard who's been known to be underrated and not only give your favorite point guard buckets, but literally destroy them is Mike Conley. I love Mike Conley. He is a bucket. He can shoot floaters with his left or right hand. We all know he's predominantly a left-handed player. He can do a lot of different things, and he's going to be the perfect complementary piece for Donovan Mitchell. He's going to take so much of the offensive scoring load 
um, off of Donovan Mitchell that Donovan Mitchell is going to have so much freedom in this offense, and Quinn Snyder is going to have a lot of fun coaching this team. So the Utah Jazz are going to be one of the more impressive teams coming into the next NBA season, and that's why I have them as my fourth-ranked team by the time the playoffs get here next season. At number three, I have the Los Angeles Lakers. And I know a lot of people are saying right now to themselves, why do you have the Lakers as the number three seed? They could easily be number one. Yes, think about it. I said in a couple days ago in my previous podcast, go check it out if you get a chance, that the Los Angeles Lakers are going to win the 2020 NBA Finals. And I still am sticking by that. Nothing has changed. The only reason I have them as a three seed is because they're going to do what Kawhi Leonard did last year, and that's called load management, where they don't play their players for all 82 games. And honestly, if you ask me, I don't think you should play your best players for all 82 games. I think that's honestly insane to have your best player play all 82 games and then have them try and make a big impact in the playoffs. Like a lot of people say, well, Jordan played for almost all his games every year. Well, that's Jordan. And I'm not saying, you know, you got to be Jordan or whatever, but you shouldn't, you honestly should not want your players to play 82 seasons. Me personally, I played high school and we played maybe 30, sometimes 40 games a season. And that was tiring to me. I couldn't even imagine playing 82 games and then going on to the playoffs and, and possibly having to play 16 more just to reach the NBA Finals. So, you know, or 12 more just to reach the NBA Finals. So that's a lot to ask for. But LeBron should not have to play all 82 games. Anthony Davis is quote-unquote injury prone. I won't say he's really that injury prone. He does suffer a lot of injuries, but... I think the Lakers training staff and medical staff will have him healthy. And so I think he only needs to play somewhere around 40 to 50 games. I don't think he needs to play more than 60. And so, you know, rest AD. You should also rest DeMarcus Cousins, who I seen an interview of DeMarcus Cousins yesterday. He lost a lot of weight from when the NBA Finals ended into now. I don't know what he was doing, but he looks really good. And an in-shape DeMarcus Cousins is easily if not the best big man in the league, he's definitely top two or three. And that includes Anthony Davis and Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic. DeMarcus Cousins is that good. Don't let the injuries fool you. If he gets back to shape, and the, and I think he, the, he can do so with being around the Lakers, it's going to get real ugly. And like I said, the Lakers, they got Danny Green. They got Avery Bradley. They got Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Quinn Cook. They have a really good core to help them along throughout the season so when their best players are sitting out games that they can for sure compete in those games. You still got Kyle Kuzma. The Lakers are in a really good position. And like I said, I still think they're going to win the NBA Finals in 2020. So that's my pick for the number three seed. Moving on, number two is the Los Angeles Clippers. Yes, last year the Clippers were the A seed under Coach Doc Rivers. They had a record of 48-34. and 34. I expect them to improve that record dramatically. I think they'll have somewhere around 54 wins, almost maybe 55. Um, the only reason I don't have them at number one is the same reason I don't have the Lakers at number one is because of low management. We all know Kawhi last year sat out a lot of games. I didn't look up exactly how many games he sat out last year, but he did sit out a lot of games with low management. And so I think they're going to do the same thing. I think, you know, Paul George is durable, but I don't think Paul George plays 82 games a season either. So they're going to sit him out again a few games, but with that tandem, and you put the pieces around them that the Clippers have, the Clippers are legit. I don't think they're better than the Lakers, but they are a very team, a very good team. I think the Lakers are going to beat them when the playoffs come around, but I think it's going. It might just end up going to seven games. At the least, it will go to six games. And the Clippers are really good. Like I said, you got Patrick Beverly, 
You got Lou Will, who is one of the greatest bench scorers the game has ever seen, if not the greatest bench scorer the game has ever seen. They re-signed Jermichael Green, who was a very good starter for them, gave them a lot of good productive minutes. They got Montrez Harrell coming off the bench, who was a, a beast coming off the bench. You lose Shea Gildas Alexander, you lose Danilo Gallinari, and you lose some first-round draft picks, but you drafted really well in this 2019 NBA draft. You get Fondu Kabengeli, who was this nephew of Dikembe Mutombo, 6'9", do-it-all score, wing player, really good. You draft his college teammate, Terrence Mann, who's a 6'8", forward, also can do pretty much the same things that Kabengeli can do. You also have really good young players in uh, Landry Shamit, who's one of the better shooters in the league, and Jerome Robinson out of Boston College, who's a very good young player. So the Clippers are really good. And defensively, I don't even want to talk about how good and elite they're going to be defensively. Doc Rivers is going to have a blast in the time of his life coaching this team. I think this is probably his best team since he had that 08 Boston Celtics team or 09 Boston Celtics team, whatever year it was. And they're going to be legit, legit. And I think they're not going to be they'll, – they'll, let's face the facts. They'll never be as big as the Lakers are in L.A. and for damn sure in Staples Center. But they're still going to be really fun to watch. And I think they're they're easily going to have one of their best years when it comes to ticket sales. So that's the Clippers at number two. At number one is the Denver Nuggets. I love the Denver Nuggets. If you know me, I'm a big fan of the Denver Nuggets. Their coach, Mike Malone, is one of the most elite coaches in all of the game, in all of the NBA, in all basketball, period. Mike Malone does a fantastic job with this team. Last year, the Nuggets were the number two seed with a record of 54 and 28. They could have been the number one seed if not for the Warriors. They went on the, the Warriors went on a run uh, towards the end of last season where I believe they won like six or seven games straight and took and overtook the number one seed from the Nuggets. But the Nuggets, their thing is, the Nuggets don't run load management like the Clippers and the Lakers are. The Nuggets play their players. And no, Jokic doesn't play all 82 games, but he plays somewhere around 60 to 70 games. And with that being said, they, they still have their entire team. They re-signed Paul Millsap, who was a vet and one of their better players when it comes to bucket getting and just being a leader. They re-signed him. They, they gave a, a max contract extension to Jamal Murray, who was an up-and-coming point guard who's really good. You, you, I mean, he's not really a point guard, but he's just an all-around good scorer. They got my guy Gary Harris from Michigan State, who's one of the best two-way players in the league when it comes to scoring and just defending his position at the two. You, you might get a healthy, hopefully, I pray, they get a healthy Michael Porter Jr. If they get Michael Porter Jr. healthy, the Denver Nuggets are legit, legit. They, they Honestly, I think they could definitely win an NBA championship. I still have the Lakers winning it, but if they get Michael Porter Jr. healthy, they are scared. They lose Isaiah Thomas, who didn't really play for them a lot, but they still have Malik Beasley out of Florida State, who's a really good bench piece for them. They got Monte Morris, who's from Flint, Michigan. Shout out to the 810, who went to Iowa State. Also another good backup point guard for Jamal Murray. And the Nuggets just have an overall really, really talented squad. And don't forget, they st they took a chance on Bull Bull. And Bull Bull, I don't think, is going to have necessarily a big impact on the Nuggets this upcoming season. But Bull Bull is a really good player, and I think he... You know, it, it sucked to watch Bobo slip as far as he did in the draft, but he was lucky and blessed to go to a team that will take a chance on him. And not only do they need, they don't need him to be a very good player right away. They can give him some time to add some muscle on his body, to get fully healthy, to recover. And if they get him, you know, not even next season, but just for the future, 
the Nuggets are going to be dangerous. And I've already said, been saying this, but they're going to be dangerous for the next, hopefully, five to six, seven years if they keep this court together. So that's why I have them as the number one seed. And they're just an all-around talented group, man. So let me know how y'all feel about my standings. Like I said, there's a couple good teams in the West that I do not have making the playoffs, like the Spurs and the Kings. But I think, you know, my 16 teams that I have, the eight in each conference, I think are both pretty solid for what the standings will look like by the time the playoffs get here for the next NBA season, which would be the NBA season of the 2019-2020 season. Let me know if y'all feel like y'all would have any changes. Let me know if y'all feel like y'all agree with my picks. And yeah, man. And as always, it's been another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast. Please like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, and share. Shout out to my family at the Nuts and Bolts Sports Community. Go check them out. They do a lot of good articles on all sports. I'm on their podcast network. Go check them out. Go check out their other podcasts. They do a really good job out in Washington, D.C. And, man, just thank you, guys, for if you made it this far. I really appreciate you. Like I said, please comment, subscribe, rate, review, and all those other good things. Have a beautiful and blessed rest of y'all day. I will talk to y'all soon. As always, it's been another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast. One love and peace.